This morning, as is on the screen behind me, we're talking values and culture. And uh, such a interesting thing to preach on because values and cultures, we've got our values and cultures as a church, right? But this isn't just talking about values, values, get that word out, values and cultures, it's talking about sent to build community and values and cultures. And so we're talking this morning about bringing our values and culture into a dynamic that isn't within these four wheels, uh, four wheels, four walls. I've had a week, all right? Not within these four walls, but this is about bringing our values and culture. Some of them you can see on the, on the screen there. If you turn your head on the side, it looks familiar. If you've noticed it when you walk into the, to the foyer, it's out there just slightly. Just got to stand like this and then you can see that clearer. But, but it's about bringing our values and culture as a church, as a Christian, as a Jesus believer, bringing our values and culture, sending those values and cultures into the world which when you look at some of those values and culture points up on the board there, some of them you find in the world, some of them we don't find in the world. And at varying levels and degrees. And so this message, and I'll try and unpack it the best I can, is about sending us being sent into the community to build the kingdom of Jesus. Because that's what we're here for, right? Yes? Yes? Yes. So Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, <clears throat> The great commandment. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Love the Lord your God. So in our church, we've got four core values. We're going to work through them this morning and we're going to see what happens and where we go. So the first core value in our church is love God. Right? So we're all about loving God. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart. There's a little booklet out in the, the foyer. If you haven't read one before, it's, a culture document about who we are, about what we believe, what we stand for. There's a few out there if we run out today because you want to grab one on your way home, we'll print some more and have them ready for next week. But, but what, this, what this is, is love God with all that I've got. That's the number one deal for any Christian. Any person that says, Jesus is my Lord and Saviour, this is where it stops well this is where it starts depending on whether you're a chicken or an egg person it's like just see that all stops with loving God or it all starts with loving God and just whatever you believe wherever you go there they both work they both work in my head so they can both work but this is this is so important and the underpinning thing 
the underpinning thought, the underpinning feeling, the underpinning belief, the underpinning mantra that we stand on, value that we stand on, we love God. That's why we get out of bed and come on a Sunday. That's why we're here, because we've chosen or we're on a journey to choosing to love God. That same scripture in the next verse says, this is the greatest command, in the next verse, the second is like it. Love your neighbour as you love yourself. I could preach a whole series on this because there's so much in that one verse. But our second core value as a church is love people. Love your neighbour. It's not just about loving God and having my little moment with him. It's about loving those around us. It's about building community, sent to build community. And who knows, who's got a neighbour that's just a little bit... I could choose a couple of hands have gone straight up. A few people are like, no, my neighbor's here. They're sitting on the other side of the... <clears throat> but it's like, love your neighbor can be contextual, can be love the person in the, the cubicle next to you at work. Love, love the person that sits next to you at school. Love the person that you've built up a relationship with sitting on the bus that when you sit on the bus on the way to work, you try and avoid sitting where they are because you're just going to have to listen to them talk about politics or talk about sport or talk about cars or talk about what they did on the weekend that you just, oh, just, oh, just irks me, drives me up the wall, irritates me, frustrates me, it makes me feel like a less of a human, it does this, it does that. That's the person that we're called to go into our community and love as our neighbour. And it's not love as our neighbour, if we go back to that scripture lock, as yourself. Love your neighbour as you love yourself. In a culture and a context of community and world where everything is about me. Everything is about what can I do to get ahead. Everything is about what can I do to get my career off the ground. Everything is about what can I do to look after my family. What can I do to build me? To go and love your neighbour as you love yourself is a challenging and confronting thought, right? Right? I don't know about you, but I was reading this during the week and I'm like, oh, that's so hard to do. Because I don't always want to put someone else before me. I don't always want to build someone else up, especially if it means that, well, that means that I don't get to do what I want to do. But love your neighbour as yourself means that we actually build people up in our community instead of try and put them down. It means that, well, I sit on the bus and I'm feeling down and I'm feeling lonely or I come into a crowd of unknown people and I feel awkward because I don't know anybody. What do you want in that context? You, you just love someone to come and talk to you, right? You'd love someone to come and encourage you. When you've had a rough day, you just want to just be loved. 
You might want to have a hug. You might, the hug might be the last thing that you want. Whatever, however you work in operating that. It's like love your neighbour as yourself means that we invest in our neighbour enough to work out what they want in their time of need so that we can meet it. Not to meet their need, to point them to Jesus. To point them to who he is. And so we've got love God, we've got love people. We move on to serve God. Serving God. The scripture can just be a little bit, can roll people up the wrong way because it's slightly taken out of potentially context, which is always a little challenging with scriptures, but James 2.7, when you read it, just bang by itself, is very blunt. All right, it says this, it's coming up on our screens. In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. If I don't have something going on with my faith, then it's my faith is dead, which is so confronting. So confronting. It's as confronting as can I be a Christian if I don't go to church? Can I be a Christian if I go to church and don't serve in some way? It's like the two, when you read this for what it is, just on face value like that, well, if I'm not going to serve in church, I might as well not go to church. Because faith without works, faith without rolling up my sleeves and getting my hands dirty, faith without jumping in and helping out is dead. And that's, I'm not saying you're not serving on a team so don't come back to church because we don't want you here it's like we're on a journey right and I'm not saying that necessarily this is as I said this can so easily be taken out of context which is what I've basically just done to prove a point but what, what we're wanting to do as a church is we're wanting to be a church that does roll up their sleeves you go to family dinner right you rock up to family dinner immediate family once you're a little bit older and you can actually contribute, we rock up to family dinner at the moment and it's Emma and I doing everything. Every now and then Mason will cook or help or someone will set the table but then that just causes fights over who's sitting where and then someone rocks up after the table's been set. And I, But I don't want to sit there. I wanted to sit there. Well, you should have been here five minutes ago when they set the table and it's, then it's on for young and old. And so it's easier to just go, you guys, stay away. We'll set the table. We'll do dinner. All right, dinner's ready. You sit there, you sit there, you sit there, and we're done. But it's not the way the kingdom works. It's not the way the world works. What happens is you you rock up to family dinner and people pitch in. Someone brings or you rock up to a connect lunch or dinner. You rock up to that. I'm talking about the nice side of it, not there. if you've got a bad representation with your friends. Think of the, the time when you rock up to a potluck or whatever else you want to call it, dinner, where everybody's pitching in to help. That's the image we've got to get of church. And so we've got people that rock up early with musical abilities, but not all of us have got musical abilities. So they rock up early and they do their sound check and they do their things so that we can have church. But there's people that aren't musical necessarily, but they they love kids. Or some of them don't actually really love kids, but they've seen the need 
These are the people that I love the most. They've seen the need and they feel called and to go and be in the kids' ministry or they've been asked, can you help out? And they are, even though they don't feel called and even though they don't love kids, they're just going, yep, I'm in. So there's people out there that right now are looking after our kids and teaching them about the ways of Jesus so that we can sit in here and do what we're doing without my kids running around, running amok. I apologise this morning. Kelsey just had the runs um, in the, like, yeah, not those, not those runs. She had the actual runs. Um, <laughs> that was good, isn't it? But, but there's, there's, there's people out the back that are looking after our kids so that we can do this. There's people that before the service and after the service are making coffees to fill all us addicts with our caffeine hit. There's people that rock up and they stand out the front. Today's beautiful, but on a 40-degree day or on a 6-degree day in the middle of winter, that job's not very glamorous. Standing out the front of church with a smile on their face, teeth chattering in the middle of winter or sweating in the middle of summer to make you feel loved when you walk through the door. That's people serving God. We might think they're serving us, but no, they're serving God. They're working to build his house. Faith without works is dead. They're applying their faith. We're applying our faith to build his kingdom. That's what it's about. And we're all on a journey. All right, we don't rock up most. Some people do, but most of us don't rock up the first week and go, oh, I want to serve. We're on a journey into serving we're on a journey I didn't rock up didn't get saved and go I love people it's like I'm still on a journey to loving people some are some are fairly easy to love and some are a challenge to love right we've all got people in our worlds that we go love God love people that applies to Murray and Rachel like it's impossible to not love Murray and Rachel but we all know people that aren't like Murray and Rachel I'm not going to pick on anybody now but we all know people that aren't like Murray and Rachel, that they're a challenge to love. Oh, that's harsh, Gavin. <laughs> Who needs mates when you've got Gavin just giving you a tap on the shoulder? You're unlovable. Hey, that's you. <clears throat> but we all know those people, right? That's when, that's when, I reckon you, you owe him a coffee after the service. In fact, yeah, all of us got, no, but... But that's when, that's when it comes down to, where are my values? Where do I stand with God? Am I just a fluffy that's just, well, when it suits, when it's convenient, when I'm not tired, I'm going to come to church. But when I've, when I've been up a little bit later, if you're watching online because you're tired, this is direct to you. But it's like, there's, there's, you know those moments when it's like, oh, I'd just rather stay in bed. Oh, no, I'm on kids' team. I better get up and go. Or I just, I'm just there because that's what I do. It's the same thing when it comes to loving people in our community, being sent into our community to love those. It's the same thing when we're then serving God. And so I want to encourage you, and I hope some of what I've said has stirred you up, not to the point of going, well, I'm leaving this church because they want me to serve, but, but I hope it's challenging you if you're not serving on a team at the moment to go, how can I get involved to prepare dinner at the table for my family. Because if you come to this church, we're part of the family, right? And I completely understand, this is a little 
side one here, a completely under, it's serving on music team, kids team, welcoming, some of those deals, that can be a challenge when you've got kids. That can be a challenge when you're working shift work and rosters just, there's all sorts of reasons, not excuses, there's all sorts of reasons why some people can't serve on team. But what I love is some of those people, they're filling the freezer with meals so that, that's serving God, so that we can serve people. There's some of those people that, that come during the week. I love Katrina, couldn't come to the working bee, rings during the week and says, hey, I can't make it on Saturday to the working bee. This is going back two weeks ago. Can't make it Saturday, but I can come Thursday afternoon for a couple of hours before I pick the kids up from school. Is that, can I come and just pull some weed? What would you like me to do? Amazing. So it comes, fills a wheelie bin full of weeds that nobody knew about because by the time everybody got here to the working bee on Saturday, the greens truck had come, picked up that wheelie bin, emptied it, and then we filled it again on the Saturday. But nobody knew that happened. But there's a heart on the inside that says, I want to be part of the family. And so that's just one example of what so many other people do, that just because you don't see someone serving on a Sunday, go, oh, you're not, I've never seen you welcoming me at the door. What do you do? There's lots of things. So don't go judging people because you don't see them on stage or you don't see them at kids or you don't see there. But if we can encourage people, because testimonies encourage us. And so telling our serving journey sometimes can encourage us as long as it's not judgmental. It's a great thing. So if that is you, though, and you're, you are getting a little bit feeling judged, feeling like, oh, well, maybe I should be helping out, there's those join the, for, join the team forms out in the foyer. You can do it on our website. It's somewhere on there, join the team. I can't remember what it's actually under on our website, but see Kirby after the service. She'll point you in the right direction to find that on our website or just go hunting for it. But there's ways to get involved. And then the last one is serve people. I love what the, the book, the little booklet out in the foyer says. This is what we wrote down a few years ago and it hasn't changed now. Serve people. Being servant-hearted with the people we interact with is a key to this value. We act on our faith by serving and helping people wherever we can. We care for each other in the community and we care for people who are not. Don't know if there should be another word there or not, but and we care for people who are not. Oh, we care for people in the church, and we care for people who are not. Yeah, that makes sense now. I'm like, hang on, that's not what I read before, but no, it is. So, so it's about it's the outworking. So one person, Rosie, cooks the meal to go in the freezer, and then Elisa's got a friend who's going through a rough time, and so Rosie served God by cooking the meal. Elisa is serving people by giving that meal. Does that make sense? There's there's things that we do that have the flow-on effect, but the only reason the flow-on effect is there is because we're living out our values and culture to bring them into the community, to bring them into what we're doing. And so obviously we've got the Chris Kindlemark coming up in 33 days and five hours. 33 days and four hours now because it ticked over 11 o'clock. Starts at 3 p.m. There's Shane living the dream. <clears throat> it was taken last hour, so it's now 33 days and four hours and 55 minutes. <clears throat> 50. 
Anyway, you can do the countdown. I've got it on my phone. But, <clears throat> but we do that. And so that's a whole big deal of putting on the Chris Kindle marked is about all four of these values. Working together to live and apply our vision statement as a church to build a growing and influential C3 church. So we're growing, we're growing people's abilities, we're growing people's attitudes, we're growing people's patience, we're growing, there's lots of things that are growing when we put on the Chris Kindlemark, right? You work on a music team with Murray, okay? I'll build him up before now, I'll just bring him back down to earth. And you grow in that moment. There's a backhanded compliment for Murray. Because he's spent all this time writing the charts. And it's like, what are you, there's just this moment of kind of awe towards Murray instead of towards God. But there's this, oh, now I've got to actually, now I've got to actually do what he's written. There's this, there's this moment at the Chris Kinnemark where it's, oh, I'm on tidy team. I thought I was just going to be emptying rubbish bins, but then some kids vomited out here on the pavers. <laughs> and so you get the message, clean up on aisle five. And out you go with your mop and bucket and you're cleaning up somebody's mess that you're going, I don't even have kids. Why am I doing I don't even... I don't have kids because I don't like mess. I've never, I've never signed up for this side of things, but you are there serving the community so that they can have an incredible time. 70,000 people come through the gates last year. How many people of that 70,000 know that we are a church and we're putting it on for them? I've got no idea. Oh, it's a... Completely unloaded question because I've actually got no idea. But what they do experience, whether they know it or not, they experience the love of God. Because they experience the love of God's people. Because they experience God's people serving them in that capacity. I don't know whether they know we're a church or not, but what I do know is the feedback we get from people that come, stool holders, Everybody who rocks up is that the volunteers at this event are the best anywhere. And that's people that travel the nation, travel the state, doing markets. Constantly come back year after year. The portaloos are the cleanest portaloos of any event this size or anywhere near it, anywhere. And so you go, oh, what's my role? Oh, I'm just doing that. No, you're bringing the culture and the values of our church into our community. We're depositing that into our community. People walk through and they see the lights and they hear the music. What's that? They're experiencing who we are. Downscale a little bit. We go to Fiji. There's no longer 100 volunteers going to Fiji. There's a team of 10 to 20 from here, Norwood. There's, there's God's love going. Some people have funded it. Some people are outworking it. There's this thing of taking our values and cultures. We love God. We serve God. We love people. We serve people. Taking that and applying it into our community. 
not just here, but around the world. We put on playgroup every week. Youth every Friday night. The dance school. People don't understand, recognise this is a church. They just rock up to some room around the back of a building. There would be people, I guarantee you, that have brought their kids to dance for years and not click. They know that they're going to a church. They know that they're coming onto the site and the premises, but they've got no concept. Even though it's been put in front of their face over and over and over again, they've never clicked that it's actually linked and that what they're doing is bringing our values and cultures into their world. You then bring that down into what you're doing in your community. And when I say bring it down, I'm not hierarchy things. I'm scaling things to make it applicable because not all of us can get the big picture of Chris Kindermark. Not all of us can get the big picture of Fiji. Not all of us can get the big picture of dance. But, but we can all get the big picture of that conversation we're having with that mum, with that dad who's struggling, with that husband, that wife that's sharing with you, pouring out your heart that, oh, I've been married for 35 years. I just, I don't know that I... I don't want to be there for year 36. What do I do? And in that moment, we can speak our values and culture into them. What we believe, we can invest, we can impart, we can share. Why? To love on them. To serve them. Why are we doing that? Because we love God. And so when we're connected We can't help but live out. And so there's some things up there on the some things up there on the wall, on the wall out there that you see. I care just to explain that. That was when Hyundai was big back in the day and there was well there's obviously iPhones, but then Hyundai brought out their iCare package. Pastor Bruce just bought a Hyundai. He was right into that terminology and then it <clears throat> kind of morphed. That's my memory of why iCare came there. <clears throat> no? There's another well, yeah, and it does just mean that I care about those around me. And so now if you're familiar with other C3 churches around the place, there's a C3 Cares arm of their church. I care was that then. Now we just call it loving people. But that's, that's there. You're looking and going, why is it I care? We're just trying to be hip. We were, but now the hipness is gone and we're still here, so who's actually correct? So there's, there's those things that, that are what they are. Why do we want to be influential? Well, when someone's in their moment of need, they don't go to someone who's not influential, right? They come to you to share about their marriage. They come to you to ask questions about their kids. They come to you to pray for them because you've got influence over their life. If you've got no influence over their life, they're not going to come to you to ask you the questions. So what do we want to influence? It's not about being high and mighty and powerful. It's about meeting people's needs and being there when the time is needed. The time is needed. It's not about us. It's about them. When am I going to reach into that person's world? You just keep hanging out with them. Keep building relationship. When the time's right, you'll know it because they'll come and ask you the most messed up question you've ever heard and you'll go, oh, I don't want to be influential anymore. But that's the moment to love them. That's the moment to serve them. That's the moment to be there. So 
some other words that all come back to this. We've got a multi-generational growth culture in our church. The reason we have young people on team is because we want to continue. If we just continue to have 50 and 60-year-olds on the stage... Then what happens? We, we turn out like the churches that we see now when you drive around Adelaide, the city of churches, and every second church that you drive past has been sold off and turned into just a house or turned into an art gallery or turned into a... If we, if we don't have a multi-generational view and culture in our church in 40, 50 years' time, when Murray is still here playing keys as a 90-year-old trying to bop along but he's you know how he just starts to drift off a little bit and he looks when he's in the spirit he he won't actually be in the spirit he'll just be just that's that's the future of our church if we don't have a multi-generational youth uh, culture and so we, we we're unashamed about putting young people on the stage and bringing our young people forward we love if Murray's still there playing keys at 90 that'll be phenomenal Oh, I'm picking on you a lot today, Mars. It's great to have you back in the country. But it's, if, if Mars is still there as a 90-year-old, that's phenomenal. As long as he's not there because we don't have a 16-year-old or a 20-year-old or a 30-year-old that can take his place. If he's still there because he's passionate and he's still got his finger dexterity to be able to do it at 90, then awesome. Mars is still there. Mars is there this week. Next week is Mars' great-grandkid. But that's the multi-generational deal. It's not about just kicking out old people once you hit a certain age. It's about ensuring that our church is not going to stop in 50 years, but our church is going to be loving God, loving people, serving God and serving people for the generations to come. And so we want to be multi-generational. There's a whole bunch of other words that are on our website. There's some on the screen behind me. I've gone run out of time to go through them and unpack them. But, but those words aren't there just because they're nice words. Those words are there because we're intentional about bringing what we've got into our community. And we know that we're called to bring that into our community. Excellence is one. I'll finish with this as the team come. Excellence is something that in our church we hold as a culture point. I know from speaking to other people in other churches that, oh, well, we can never live up to the standards that are expected at C3 Church. Our worship, our lights, our building. C3 is renowned around for having a dress code. We don't even know that we've got a dress code, but apparently we do. I don't know. Anything from RMs to Havies is our dress code, I would have thought, but... Apparently, we've got to look. All right, that's... The look isn't intentional. But being excellent in what we do is. Because if we just come in and just go, oh, well, have a go, you mug. Graham, you're on drums. Actually, no, don't worry about being on drums. You probably do all right on there. We want you to sing. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, so, so if we don't have a culture of holding some form of, then it just becomes anything goes. Well, who wants to rock up to somewhere where anything goes? We want to have somewhere that we can strive for, something that we can strive for, something that's obtainable, but something that continues to push us on and push us forward. We want to give God our best. And when I was a kid, we wore our Sunday best to church. We avoided big conflict in our house this morning because Riley's wearing his crow's shorts, his crow's top. He wanted to wear his football socks. And I said, well, what are you doing? You're not wearing him to church. He changed his socks and we are, we stopped there. But there's this deal of giving God, loving God. Do you rock up to your wedding in just bodies and thongs? Okay, there's one person that's going to rock up to their wedding in bodies and thongs. Be a special wife that you're marrying. <clears throat> but you, you rock up and you, you give your, your best. You go get your hair cut that week. You, even us guys make ourselves look half presentable for our wedding day, right? We then bring that back to loving God. We then bring that back to prioritising Him. We bring that back to what do we want to show of Him to our community. We don't just want to show that. We want to show that God holds something in us that is worth reaching for, that is worth striving to give God our best. And that's just not in our Sunday best because we wear a shirt and tie to church on a Sunday morning like they did years gone by. But that's applying that. The dress code's clearly relaxed, okay? I'm not wearing a shirt and tie. I don't think I've ever worn a shirt and tie to a Sunday service. And I hope that I never have to. But, <clears throat> but what we do is we bring that Sunday best into everything we do into everything we do. And so we strive for excellence, not for excellence sake, but to give God our very best. I don't want to be sacrificing the lamb that's only got three legs and it's going to die in a week anyway. I want to sacrifice the best for God. And so, Father, I pray today for each one of us. God, as we grapple with some of this, as we are challenged by some of this, as we're excited by some of this, God, help us to live out our values and culture as a church, as individuals. God, help us to come into alignment, God, with those values, with that culture. God, help us to prioritize you, to put you first. Love God is the first core value because it's the first thing we need to do, the greatest command. And so, Father, I pray, God, that as we live out our core values, God, we can go into the world. We can be sent into our community, not needing to be anybody special, not needing to do anything special, but be who we are, who you've called us to be, to love God, to love people, to serve God, to serve people. 
And so, Father, we pray this morning, God, for every one of us. Father, fill us. God, fill us. That very first one, love God. Love God. We believe God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We believe that Jesus died for our sins and rose again. We believe that he sent the Holy Spirit to come and walk with us. We believe as we sung in the the song earlier, I think we're closing with that song, whatever it's called, forgotten the song name, but it talks about Jesus being our anchor. That's what we believe. What is your life anchored on? If your life isn't anchored on Jesus, I'd love to pray with you today when we close the meeting to get Jesus into the right spot, to get the deal of loving God sorted. If you're watching online, there's a link on our website that you can click that'll take you to a salvation prayer. I'd love you to pray that. Email us, let us know you've prayed that. We want to equip you to follow the Lord. But if you're here this morning, you need to make that decision. As we're singing or after we've sung, please come and speak to me. We want to get that deal done. We get that done and we can work on the rest. It's a journey, right? It's a journey. So let's stand to our feet. We're going to close by singing a song together. Gavin's going to